Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our God really is bigger than big. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. Thank you so much for being here this morning. You guys are pretty. Joshua chapter 24 is where we're going to begin. We'll get to that scripture here in a half a second. Thank you so much for being here with Limitless. Decisive action is what we're going to concentrate on today. Having a dream in our mind and a prayer in our heart is not enough. We must put it into action. Amen. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Illuminate our hearts with your word this morning, we pray. And everyone says... Amen, amen. You may be seated in the name of our Lord and Savior. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. Some of you guys didn't wave at your neighbor the first time. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. Big dreams in our head and bold prayers in our heart and decisive action. And I thank you so much for for working with us the last three weeks as we've gone into this series, Limitless. I'm telling you, we serve a limitless God. There's nothing that He lacks. Amen. And, uh, but big dreams in our head and bold prayers in our heart is simply not enough. We have to have decisive action. We have to have actions done quickly produ- uh, to produce a definite result. And that's, that's what decisive action is, is something that's done quickly. Now, it doesn't mean that it's done recklessly, but it does mean it's done quickly. Amen? And, and, and whenever God speaks to us and shows us things, we need to do it uh, many times now. If, it, it, sometimes he'll speak to us and say, okay, hold on to this information. If you want God to speak more to you, even about how to pray with other people or pray for other people, you've got to learn how to keep a secret, don't you? God, tell me how to pray for this other person, and then we use it as a weapon. Ding, 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 ding. We got to be good about that kind of stuff. But if God tells us to pray, if He tells us to move, we want that action that is quick. We don't want to be held back. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about momentum because for for these past two weeks, God's been speaking something and birthing something in your heart, and He's put bold prayers on your lips. But I don't want you to lose that momentum. I want you to be able to continue to go. And then we're going to talk about three, th- three or four things that we want to consider as to keeping that momentum, keeping that momentum as we go forward and do decisive actions. My decisive action will not be your decisive action and vice versa. But we can do it with Christ. So in verses um, 1 through 13, chapter 24 of Joshua, Joshua, in some ways this is a, a, a man's last words. Shortly after this chapter here, at the end of these uh, scriptures, really, Joshua passes away. So he's gathering everybody together, and and Joshua gathers them in a town of Shechem, and and he he says, listen, I want to remind you about some things. Have you guys ever been reminded about some things? My, my, My mom, on occasion, she's not in here, I'll tell on her, she would discipline me and remind me about some behaviors that I should have. Anybody else? Yes, it's healthy. It's healthy from the seat up. We were taught. Now... Joshua gathers everyone and reminds them. He reminds them in these verses about how Abraham made it to the land of Canaan because of God. How Moses and Aaron pulled the children out of Egypt thanks to God. How the the children of Israel were, not the children of Egypt, excuse me, they stayed there. The children of Israel left. You know, the children of Israel went up to the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea. Their, their backs was against the wall and God delivered them. He talked to them about how God destroyed the Amorites, how Balaam 
meant to, to, to throw cursings on them, but all he could do is bless the children of God, amen? You know your enemy wants to do that, but how many of us know that the blessings of God are greater than the curses of the enemy, amen? He reminds them, listen, there was, there was victory in war that I gave you. He reminds them that it, the war was not won only by bows and swords, but it was won by the power of God, amen? But we, they had to do it. And he reminded them this. He said, listen, the towns that y'all are now living in, you didn't build those dudes. I gave them to you. And he said, the vineyards and the olive groves that you eat your food from, guess what? You didn't plant those. God's the one that gave them to us. And, and he, he takes them to a spot and he calls them to decisive action. He calls them to a place that today you have to make a change. Now, I'm going to have to be careful here. He calls them to this place and says, listen, today is the day of change. Today is the day of decisive action. God has been dealing with you something big in your heart, or maybe you've been working on it, and this series just confirms some of the stuff that God's been doing with you, the things that he's shown you in your heart. And you've already been praying bold prayers, or maybe this last week, didn't Pastor Mike do a great job last week? You left with some bold prayers on your lips, asking God to move. Now it is time to take that next step for Christ, amen? That decisive action. And Joshua calls them together, verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. See, what they had done is they had turned their lives back towards pagan gods. They had turned their lives towards some things that was not the true God. And he gathers them all up and says, listen, we forgot where we come from. You know, it's the good saying, don't ever forget where you come from, Amen. Don't forget where you come from, where God has taken you, and he's teaching them that. And he's saying, listen, today, today is the day that you make a decision. Serve him with sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods of your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites who land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm a big believer in that. My daughter sits over here to my right, and I try not to tell too much on her. But one of the things that Mary and I do is say, listen, we understand you're 12, and one of these days you're going to be out of our house. But as for right now, you're in our house, and in our house we serve the Lord. Now, she's on board with that, thank God. But that's a decision that we have to make for our homes. Mamas can't make it, our daddies can't make it, uncles and grandmas can't make it. We have to make it for our homes, don't we? And he's calling them to this point of decisive action. And Joshua is saying, listen... I'm bringing you to a fork in the road. I'm, I'm bringing you to a place where you have to make a decision. I was reading a little bit about Jim Elliott, and many of you guys know that name. He's a great missionary that gave his life trying to reach Indians in Ecuador. He was in later on in life, maybe late 20s, early 30s, whenever he was killed for the cause of Christ, he, martyred, he was martyred. But in college, they found this, from a journal in college, they found this excerpt that he was praying to God, a bold prayer, a dream that he had. He said, Father, make me a, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact, I, I contact to a decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork. That men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. What a powerful statement. God, make me be that fork in the road that as people 
as they, as they talk to me and visit with me and encounter me, that they see you inside of me and it causes them to make a decision. The same decision that Jim Elliott said is the same one that Joshua said, is the same one that matriarchs and patriarchs throughout the word of God says and will continue to say as we are saints in the kingdom that as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And it starts today. Just like Jim Elliott was faced with that in college, God, make me a fork in the road. Make it that place where men have to make a decision when they encounter me about the reality of Jesus Christ. Josh was an old battle commander. He was the guy down in the trenches when they were holding Moses' hands up. He was, the, he was the one that was leading the armies. He had the spear in his hand and the sword. I mean, he wasn't far from the battle. He was in the midst of it leading the troops. He did that multiple times, so whenever he says that God gave us victory over the Amorites and all these other ites out there that they have in the, in, the, in the Bible, he was speaking from experience. He was calling them to remind themselves about what God all, what, what everything that God had done so they would make that decision that, listen, we've got to get this stuff out of our lives. We've got to get our focus back on Christ and make him priority number one. That's the kind of decisive decisions that we're, we're talking about, and it's necessary. That boldness is necessary that, that Joshua um, had as he stood before the children of Israel because he knew it wasn't about his soul. He knew that it looked out, and it was about all the people out there that would one day die and meet their maker. And if they did not have their Lord as number one, then that was going to be a bad day for them. And he was bringing them to that decision and saying, listen, today you choose today. And it's a very hard thing. Now Joshua had the resume. Joshua was a leader and, and he worked with leadership and he led in battles and he taught and he loved and he cared. And, and you talk about a long transition, man. He followed Moses forever before he led you think five years is a long time. I ain't got nothing on Joshua. <laughs> so when he stands up as he is about to take his last breath, he says, listen, we've got to make decisive action. And remember, decisive action is not reckless behavior. It's we count the cost. And that dream that God has birthed in your heart, those prayers that you pray off your lips, have you ever prayed a prayer and thought, oh my goodness, I just now prayed that? That's good, congratulations. That means you're, you're walking into water and you're going places that you know that you better be treading with Jesus because if you're treading by yourself, you're not gonna make it. You're going places and expecting things, a new level for God to move in your life and you know that it can only be God that sets you up, that tears down obstacles and barriers and does, does all those things that we need, to, we need done in our life. Joshua calls them and says, listen, there's some decisive action that we must take. And in this decisive action, I don't want you to get discouraged today. I mean, think about the children of Israel, man. They saw this, they read this, they knew about God's deliverance and everything that he had done, and yet they still turned from him. So if you're sitting in your seat saying, man, Matt, I don't know. I haven't done stuff right, man. I, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Hey, listen, we've all been there. Repent, get your stuff right, get that dream back in your heart, start praying like you mean it, and see what God won't do in your life, amen? 
But don't be discouraged whatever you do. Maybe you're caught in that place where, hey, the dream's alive, but I haven't really been praying. Well, you start praying. Maybe the dream's alive and the prayers are there, and you're thinking, man, listen, I know that God's telling me to step out and do some things that I don't know how comfortable I am. And like we've said a hundred million times, I don't think God really cares very much about our comfort. He cares about using us, doing things with us that our mind can't comprehend because his ways are not our ways, amen? And we step out, and I, I want you guys to be encouraged. I want you guys to go after God and say, listen, you've placed a dream in my heart, and now I'm praying like I've never prayed before. Now, decisive action, I want you to use momentum on your side because momentum's so important. It's what helps us get from one place to the next. It's hard just starting out, but once you kind of start getting your feet rolling and rolling and rolling, you do better and better and better. The year's 2008. Yuli Steck. I just love saying his last name, Steck. He's a German mountain climber. He passed away years later, but in 2008 he set a record. He climbed the north face of the mountain Eiger in the Alps. 5,900 feet. He was known to climb on ice, and man, he was amazing. As he climbed the mountain, it would take some men a day, maybe a day and a half to climb the mountain, not him. He was able to climb it in two hours, 22 minutes and 50 seconds. I was reading an article on him, and they said, man, it was amazing. Just, it was one of those times that it was like a, so, a showmanship, if you will, on momentum. Just one foot after another, boom, 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 boom. He climbs up the mountain. Then he's almost to the summit of Iser. He's almost to the summit of that north face, and he looks up, and there's nothing but ice. And they said he just climbed right through the ice because he just kept his legs pumping. He let that momentum carry him from the bottom all the way to the top. And he was able to break a record and do something that people hadn't done before. In our lives, it's the same way. As we make these decisive decisions, let that momentum that's carrying you continue to carry. Don't get caught up and get stagnant. And that's what we're going to talk about, three or four things that we consider to help us with that momentum, to help us with those decisive decisions that we can make and we can move forward and ask God to continue to do what he's doing. Because the last thing we want to do is get paralyzed by fear and sit back and get stagnant. That's not where we want to be. That's not what God called us to do. His dreams for our life is too big, amen? So don't get stagnant. Keep that momentum. You've got some things rolling in your life. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Things aren't going to work out. That's part of the program. But however we keep those legs going and keep moving forward, that's what we need to do. Now, we know that it starts with salvation. We know that it starts with that. It has to start with salvation. That's where the momentum begins because it is, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So we begin to understand that the things, the way that I thought, the way that I did things is not the way that I have to do them. But as mature Christians, as we go, we really realize how limitless God is and that our prayers is not, are not just being slung out into the universe, slung out amongst the stars and falling upon deaf ears or new ears, but yet they're falling upon the ears and God is listening and he's a limitless God. God that is into our dreams, that is into reaching people, that is into seeing his children move forward and not backwards. Amen. So keep that momentum going. So as we consider these three or four things, I ask you to open up your hearts and your minds and say, you know what? I can do that. Because what you're doing, God wants you to do. Now, the first thing is simple. It's just we got a decision to make, amen? 
we got to decide. Have you guys ever been indecisive? My wife hates going to eat meals with me on occasion because I'm indecisive. There's a whole menu of things, and I want to eat everything on the menu. And occasion she has to tell me, Matthew, this is not the only meal you're ever going to eat, pick. Did you like that? No, she doesn't do that. She does say that, though. I'll just put the, the head bob in there. Every once in a while she goes, Matt, it's not, it's not the last supper, dude. Let's go. I'm like, yeah, but chicken fried steak or hamburger, french fries, bacon. Oh, sounds so good. Indecisive, indecisive. Listen, that's not where we want to be. We have to decide. We have to make a decision. Sometimes they have to be quickly, but God understands. Amen? It's a decision. It's a choice. Joshua chapter 24 and 15. Choose this day. I love the word choose that Joshua uses here. Here it designates a human choice. Many times when choose is, is used in the word of God, it has more of a divine purpose. But here, as he uses it, it, it shows us that, listen, there's humanity to this. I'm calling upon the humans to make a decision that choose this day. Choose you this day, as the King James says, who you're going to serve it's a decision that we have to make and we can't be caught up and bogged down in, in all the things the human choice that he says is it's the, the, a deeper dive into choose is to desire to like to delight in so choose this day who you're going to delight in. Choose this day what your desires are going to be pointed to. Choose this day who you like. Do you like the things of the world? In this case, do you like the things of the land that we're living in or the land of the fathers that we came from? Are you going to choose God? And we have that same choice because we all have traditions and people that we've seen in our past that we know we can follow them or follow the culture of today or follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm telling you, Christ doesn't fit in the box of either one of those. Now, praise the Lord if you've got people in your past that have led you towards Christ. Amen? But that's not always the case. Choose this day who you're going to delight in. Who are you going to chase after? See, God can supply the energy. God can supply the resources, the wisdom. He can even point us to the path. But what he will not do is make the decision for us. And the dreams that you're having, he will not make that decision to take, take that step of faith. That is our decision. He will not make that decision to begin to pray. That is our decision. He will not make that decision to say, God, I know that you want me to dream big, and I'm going to think bigger than I've ever thought before because I serve a God that cannot be contained by the human mind. But we have to make that decision. And you guys know what I'm talking about. For you guys who got money in your account, that money didn't just appear one day. You made some decisions to save, didn't you? You, per, you? you guys out there who have your education, whether it's university or like what I like to say, OJT, right on the job, buddy. However you got your education, it didn't get mailed to you one day and ta-da! Man, you earned that, dude. You made some decisions in your life. You made some sacrifices that other people weren't willing to make. But you had to put that step in front. You had to make that phone call and talk to the admissions office. You had to make that phone call and get the interview. You had to make that phone call over and over and over again so you could provide for your family. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. But it was y'all's decision. God didn't pick up that phone and put it to your ear and say, ring-a-ding-ding. Many times when that phone call does come from God, it's because you've already put out three or four looking for it. 
It's the decision. We have to decide. Don't get caught up in that, 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 that indecisive nature. We lean into the Holy Spirit. And we, we dream big. We pray bold. But we have to make choices. That is a necessary thing. God will not do that for us. We cannot sit back on our rusty dusty. Amen? Amen, Pastor Matt. We can't do it. we got to make that decision. Joshua chapter 24, verse 20. One, Joshua, after he gets through saying what he says, he goes a little bit further and he calls them. He calls them to order, if you will. He calls them to be a witness to the self. And, and he says, now, are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve the world? And that's when they say, no, but we will serve the Lord. They make a declaration that we will serve the Lord. Then verse 22, then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. He said, listen, I'm going to hold you accountable. And look around, because your neighbors, that, that's some good accountability there too. See, that's the thing about deciding is sometimes you need to get some people around you that have a little bit more knowledge than you and can help you out, Amen. Holds you accountable. That's how important it is to decide that you're not just going to think about it. But at the same time, what do I have got to do? How do I step forward to get taken care of what I need to take care of? Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. In the abundance of counselor, uh, counselors, there is safety. Well, what is it saying? Two heads are better than one. You get some people around you that know. But you have to be careful because you'll have the friend that will be well-meaning and they'll say, no, you don't want to do that. You'll have the consultant that has the best for you and say, I don't know if I would step out and do that. You have the college for professor that wants to enlighten your soul. Nope, can't do that either. People mean well, but, and their answer may even be sufficient. But if it doesn't line up with Christ, that's my decision. Choose whom you will serve. So when you're looking at your decisions, they line up with Christ. Decide. Decide. This is what we're going to do. Don't let the decision, don't let the dream become bigger than God. Amen? Don't put it in a place that it doesn't need to be. But we decide. We decide with our whole hearts. Here's another thing that we can do to not stop the momentum. So, so decide. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Decide. I decided you, you decided me. We're a happy family, right? At least we appear to be. No, I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I hope you guys are. B, it's plainly stated in the Bible. Listen, whenever you're looking to make decisions, don't get lost on these deep theological journeys. Now, we have to from time to time, but how many of us know there is enough black and white in the Bible that we don't have to argue about it the rest of our lives? Okay, here we go. You ready? Thou shalt not lie. Pretty clear. That shalt not steal. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. No room for negotiation. No room to get lost in that. If you don't believe those type of things, then you're not reading your Bible or you're wanting to believe what you want to believe regardless of what the Word of God says. Amen? 
Whenever you're trying to make that decision and you're going after God and you're seeking Him and you're praying and you're fasting and those bold prayers are coming from your lips and you've got the dream on your mind and you're doing the things necessary to reach your dream to become that person that you know God has you designed or the husband or the marriage or the job or the career or the house or whatever it is, then you remember, listen, I gotta go to the Word and let's find some things that are plainly written in there. I don't wanna get lost and bogged down on the theological stuff. Not that that's not important. Don't get me wrong but my goodness there's enough black and white in there that I don't have to argue for 30 days about a decision I look in there and I realize that God's told me to do some things and I can be doing those things listen to me I can be doing those things that I know to do while I'm trying to figure out the things that I need to be doing many times we put everything on hold and that's not what we need to do the Tour de France is one of the great cycling races in the world, probably the greatest. Bicycles riders race over 2,000 miles. It's a 21-stage tour, thereabouts. Millions of dollars on the line. 15 million spectators show up. And I'm telling you, those bicycle fans are crazy, man. Some of the stuff that they wear. They have a mountain pass. It's called the Col de Vos. It's a mountain pass in the Alps, and it's 2,100 feet in elevation. And you have to ride up one side of the pass, and then all of a sudden you drop down on the other side and you start descending. On one side of the mountain, you're going up 12, 11, 13, 14 miles an hour is about all they can crank out because, man, it is a, it is a steep grade. But once they get that peak and they get down on the other side, they have been known to fly down the other side at 60 miles an hour. Now, a 155-pound person on a 15-pound bike in really, really tight shirts and jerseys. There's not a lot of, you got a helmet, but trust me, you're going to eat it when you hit the concrete, you know? And these guys are so technical. They know how to sit on their seat and roll down. I think the fastest recorded speed was near 70 miles an hour on a bicycle as they're flying down. Think about this for me for a second. How would you like to get bogged down? And people didn't give you clear instructions. And all they said was, hey, just do your best. Go up that side of the mountain. And don't worry, you're just going to coast down the other side, man. It's going to be like a Sunday on Sunday. Don't worry about it. Just coast down. Can you imagine what you would think whenever you hit 30, 40 miles an hour on the bicycle? I, I wish I would have done a little bit more studying. I wish somebody would have just gave it plainly to me that, hey, this is what to expect up this side of the mountain. And guess what? Whenever you break over that peak, this is the other thing that you get to experience. Whenever we're working for the Lord and dreams are coming, coming true and prayers are being prayed, don't get bogged down in all that technical stuff necessarily. I want to go to the Word and say, God, I know that you're speaking plainly to me. And whenever he speaks plainly to you, you know that you have to respond. But my go-to is easy for me. Four or five years ago, I'm sitting in a house in Braidoil, America. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting on my couch, and God is saying, Matt, you need to get back into ministry. And I am arguing with God. I said, God, I don't know if I want to get back into the ministry. I'm really comfortable. This is awesome. But I think you're telling me to, but I don't want to. And he had me read Isaiah 45 and 9. I opened my Bible up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it says, Woe to him who argues with his maker. <laughs> Will the clay say to the potter, What are you doing? I closed my Bible, and I began my new ministry. 
I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is I had to leave because I had got a response from God that was direct, that was plain. Listen, God wants to speak to us plainly through his word, amen? We, we don't have to put stuff on hold. We can say, listen, God, I'm trying to do the very best that I can. I know I don't have all the information. I need some of it, but God, speak plain to me. So I, it doesn't matter which side of the mountain I'm on, God. I know that I have your direction, and I know how to be ready for things in my life. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. In whom are hidden, and this is Jesus Christ, Paul is writing to his friends, in whom, whom is Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where are all the wisdom and knowledge hidden? It's in Christ. So what I need is more Christ so my life can be opened up to more wisdom and knowledge so I can take that step decisively. Let me give you, listen, just save time and keep that momentum. Open up your Bible and just start reading everything about Christ and just do what he does. Just do what he does the best that you can. Don't get bogged down on all that other stuff. Say, listen, God, I want you to speak to me plainly, and I want to follow you plainly. One of the last things here. So we decide. We know that we want to seek stuff that's plainly stated. Don't read any government articles if you want stuff plainly stated, because that'll... Okay. I just had to throw... I always get an amen on that. I love it. I love it. See, find the trail you got to find the trail. Let me save you some time and keep the momentum going as you're working your dream, as you're praying. Listen, what we love to do is be pioneers and trailblazers. Some of my favorite uh, shows on the History Channel is the men who built America, how they were trailblazers and pioneers, and they were out there in just the wooded areas, and then the men who built the economy of America. And I love it. And we want to be that. The only problem is many times the trail is already there. We don't have to be a trailblazer. If you're pulling out your machete to cut yourself through a jungle, you're probably lost. <laughs> Growing up in this area all my life, I've been to many farm ponds and I've been to many pastures and feeding cows. And you know what I find all the time? Trails that's been beat down. Sometimes been beat down by cows and possums and who knows what all out. But you see these little trails that go everywhere and they go to water. And this is the thing. I can't always tell you what's on that trail. But what I can tell you is something has already gone through there. Chances are, and it's not because your dream's not important. It's not because it's not big. But chances are... Somebody else is walking through a similar circumstance trying to reach something that you're trying to reach. So what we do is we get ourselves in a position where we say, God, help me find that. Help me learn from some of these folks. Help me find that trail. Yeah, there'll be some cutting you have to do. There'll be some tromping you have to do. There'll be some way making, amen? That, that's, gonna, that's the reason why we need Christ. But you find that trail. Don't lose your momentum saying, well, I can do it all by myself. No, you can't. You can't. I'll just don't lose momentum on that. You keep the momentum and say, God, show me. I want to walk forward. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. And he gives them some trails. He says, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwell. He says, listen, there's three different trails you can pick here. You want to pick the ones that you live in and follow culture, culture, go for it. You want to do the ones of your past fathers that served serve gods that weren't real, go for it. But if you're going to serve God, then you have to pick that trail. Now, we want to make sure that the path that we're following is the one that Christ has put us on to him. Amen? But each and every one of us have our own path, but it all points to Christ. 
But many times that trail has been already beat down. It's been already beat down and we can follow it. We don't have to fight our own trail. See, instead of cutting your way through a new trail and trying to find something new and being a trailblazer and a pioneer, and listen, this is something. If you ask trailblazers and pioneers, you know what they're going to say, most of them? I never signed up for this. It just sort of happened and here I am. I mean, really, they didn't wake up warning like, I cannot wait to not take a bath for like six years. You know what I mean? They didn't do that kind of stuff. I cannot wait to eat beans and franks for the whole month. Can't wait. They don't think that kind of stuff. You know, people who've started businesses, I can't wait to be broke for the next four years. <laughs> they, they really don't. And many of them will say, listen, if I had to do it all over again, there might have been a different way to do it. So I want to implore you, instead of getting caught on the trail and trying to make your own way, maybe we could look at some tools for the trail. God, I'm on a trail here, and I know it's pointed towards you, and yes, it's similar, and that's okay, but here's some tools for the trail. You ready for this? The Word of God will light the path. Psalms 119.105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every good hiker has a what? It has a good flashlight in case they get lost. So we're walking down the path. Let's make sure. And this is what hit me this morning as I was processing all this. If I'm on a path and I'm reading the word of God and I'm praying the word of God and there is no light, maybe I'm on the wrong path because God said if I'm on the right path, it will be lit up. You are a light unto my path. And those paths have to point to Christ. So maybe if you're trying as hard as you can and you're doing all this thing and you don't see anything, maybe you need to step back and say, God, am I in the right place? Here's another tool, experience. Experience helps you navigate the path. Many of you guys know that. God has provided for you in some of the toughest situations in your life. So you feel that stirring up and you know something's gonna happen and you're about to hit that brick wall and all of a sudden you remember, wait a second, wait a second, this is familiar. I've been here, I know what Satan's gonna try, I know the stare that's laid out for me, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray or do whatever I need to do, amen? So carry that in your tool bag. Say, listen, God has brought me this far down the path not to turn me around or that I'll get lost. But if I will take a moment, collect myself and say, God, now I've been here before and I know that your provision is great, that your direction is great. So God, help me find that peace in my spirit. Amen. Here's the, here's the final tool. You need to take Christ with you. Not that Christ is a, a tool. You know what I mean. I was laughing about this earlier in service because for pastors, this is something that's easy to fall into. We get so busy building this kingdom that sometimes we forget to take Christ with us. I'll, I'll amen myself on that. Y'all don't have to feel bad. See, we need Christ with us and we need him because there will be obstacles on the trail there will be doors that simply won't open that cannot open without him. Revelation chapter 3 and 8 teaches us that God will open doors that no man can shut. He can remove things out of our life and out of our way that simply others can't. So I must with my whole heart make sure that God, you're with me. That your word is with me. I have my experience. But Christ, you're shining bright in my heart. Man, I can feel your presence. I can feel you. You're with me. Find that trail and go get them. Joshua ends with this. He ends with this, helping us understand. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what he was saying? Get in behind me and follow me because I know where I'm going. It's what Paul said when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. We don't always have to make our own trail. 
We get behind those and say, listen, we're going to tuck in and we're going to do the best we can. And as God calls us, if he calls us to step out and go around or do whatever we need to do, then we'll do that. But we don't always have to find our own trail. We can say, God, what are you showing me through where I'm at? And we have the Bible and the people and we have our experiences. Don't forget what God has brought you through. Don't forget how God has delivered you, how God has provided. You didn't have that finances, and you know that, yet God provided. You didn't have that wisdom. Matter of fact, whenever you said what you said, it was one of the smartest things you'd ever said. You didn't ever know what it came from, and it was the Holy Spirit that helped you out of that situation. Don't forget stuff like that. Oh, how our mind goes blank whenever the pressure is turned on. Whenever those things are in front of our face, and we realize that, God, we need you more and more. 2018, there is a town in Greece. They woke up one day, and a lot of the town was covered in spider webs. Thousands and thousands of spiders in the webs. Man, I'm out on that deal, I can tell you that. But there were spiders everywhere, webs. I mean, it was in the bushes, it was on the signs, it was on beaches, it was crazy. And what had happened is it was like a perfect storm. The weather went just right to draw in all these gnats. So the spiders showed up, made their webs, and thought, free refreshments. And they went out there, and they saw these thousands of spiders, and they were everywhere in all these gnats. And they, see how, they just saw how it blanketed the whole, or they saw how it blanketed part of the city in these different places. And they said this about the blanket of the spider web. As soon as the weather went back where it was before, the spider webs disappeared, the spiders left, and the gnats left. It disappeared. And I want to challenge us with this. I know a blanket that doesn't disappear. It's the mercy and the goodness and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It doesn't depend on weather doesn't depend on everything working good. We can trust him and follow him. On your journey, as you're saying, I'm dreaming these dreams big, I'm praying these bold prayers, and I'm making decisive action, you're going to need that blanket of mercy, that blanket of grace, that blanket of goodness. You're going to need it. And if you don't need it, I don't know if you're not dreaming big enough dreams, praying bold enough prayers, or doing enough decisive action. Because it's in those moments where we say, God, I'm at the end of me. Oh, and I know that you're going to step in, and this is where you be the God that I know that you are. And he'll cover us with that mercy and goodness. And we make mistakes. We get fatigued and we have failures. Let me encourage you, don't let that stop you from your dreams. Get up underneath that blanket of goodness and mercy and grace. And if you're not saved this morning, that is the first step, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Oh, you've never met a father like my heavenly father. You slip up underneath that blanket of goodness and grace and mercy and salvation and see what he won't do in your life. You know, it's so easy to say, especially as mature Christians, but if you guys are like me, sometimes it's difficult as a mature Christian, you look back and say, God, I shouldn't have made that mistake. Oh, I shouldn't have acted like that. Man, that behavior was inappropriate. 
those words I should have never said. I knew not to make that investment, but God, I, I knew not to say that, or I knew not to partner with that person because I'm not supposed to be unevenly yoked, and all these things that we do as mature believers. And if we're not careful, we step back. But let me encourage us, let's slip up under that blanket of goodness and grace and mercy and say, God, bring those dreams back alive. Let us pray bold prayers. And what you're asking us to do, let us step out in decisive action to see what you will not do. We lower our pride. So personal question. What's keeping you from your dreams? Is it a hurt? Is it a failure? Is it a struggle? What's keeping you from saying, God, I know that you're the God that I read about in the word of God, and I know that it's true. So many times we look at ourselves and we just think, but Matt, I'm just so unworthy. I just, and we all feel that way. And we all have to tuck ourselves in with that blanket of goodness and mercy and grace and say, God, we're with you again. Forgive this failure. God, give me strength when I'm fatigued. God, help me sort through all this in my mind. God, help me walk without anxiety, without worry. And God, help me walk without doubt. That God, you can do what you said you can do through us. See, that's the amazing privilege is we're the vessels that God chooses to use. So we know that he has big plans for us. And those bold prayers you've been praying, those weren't an accident. That decisive action that you know you need to take in your heart or you've been taking and it's kind of scary, that's not an accident. You keep taking it in the name of the Lord. You bring your flashlight. <laughs> you bring your experience. And you make sure Christ is with you all the time and say, God, the trail that I walk down, I know that you can be with me. Don't be fearful now. It takes boldness and it takes courage. What is God speaking to you? What's that dream? What's that prayer that you see coming in fruition in your life? You've been crying for it for years. And don't get scared because God is moving on your behalf. Just let him move. But he may be calling you to do some things. So God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out. I'm going to keep that momentum going the best that I can. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for your love and your grace that we feel in this room. You have amazing things planned for us in our hearts and our lives, and we just want to say thank you for that. But God, we also know that there are things at times that we should let loose of, we should throw off of us, we shouldn't let weight us down. And I just bring this wonderful people to you this morning, God, and pray that whatever those things are, that they give them to you this morning. God, your dreams for them that you've birthed in their heart are real. Those bold prayers, they are listened to by you, which is a limitless God, the true God. So Father, as we process what we need to do, I pray that you speak to us, that we'd be bold and that we'd be courageous. And we wouldn't be fearful. Would you stand up with me all across the room?
as we wrap up our sermon series. I'm going to ask you to be bold and courageous one more time. You guys have done such an amazing job the last couple weeks. Here in a second, I'm going to release the altar workers to come down. And we never want to miss an opportunity to pray for you guys. But maybe God is working on you and you just need to come down here and stand. And that's that first act of boldness of God, I hear you. So I'm going to step out and do what you've called me to do. And I just, I want, as they are released here in a second, as they come down, I want you to come down. You've got to make the decision. I'm telling you, you can make it in your seat. I've done it a hundred times. But I also believe that for some, there's a different a different sense when you step out and you walk down and say, God, I'm here hanging on to the dream that I know that you gave me. Altar workers, would y'all come forward? As they come forward and you want prayer, please slip out with them, come down and grab their hand. I know it feels like, Matt, there's a lot of people staring at me. Don't think that. What dream, what vision has God given you? We want you to release that and we're gonna take a couple moments Amen. Let's give everybody a hand that comes down just to encourage them. Awesome, awesome. Is there anybody else? We don't want to miss anybody. I know that it's hard. I know that it's difficult. Amen. Now, as these guys come down, could I release some of you other guys just to come down so nobody's alone? Put a hand on a shoulder. Now, I know there are decisions. Like I said, I've made it a hundred times. I know there's decisions going on in seats, and that's okay. We're going to pray for you as well. So, would you just stretch your hands forward to these guys or bow your head? Maybe you're cycling through some stuff, and we want to encourage you. Maybe you just want to come up here and stand in the middle and just take your moment with God. That's certainly okay. Father, we love you, and we take a moment in your presence. Father, you see the dreams that are so real to your people. You know the prayers that have been prayed boldly with tears, with crying out, with seeking your face, with asking you to move in a mighty way. God, we know that you're calling some of us to decisive actions, to decisions that need to be made quick and strategic. But God, don't let us be fearful in them. And God, let those decisions be clear as we search your word, as you speak to us. God, what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of your people, I'm so grateful for, God. And we just stand with our brothers and sisters and believe with them. God, that the dreams are not dead. God, that the prayers did not mean anything. God, and that the action might have been a failure, but God, we're getting ourselves back up, dusting ourselves off, knowing that the dream is real, God knowing that the prayers meant more than we could ever imagine and knowing that we're positioning ourselves for that next action that we can walk in the way that you've called us to. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives. Thank you for the ones who are being set free, God, the ones who are encountering you in a new love and a new grace. God, help us. Help us to be like you, Lee God. Climb the mountain that you've called us to climb and not lose that momentum. Not get caught up in the fear and the turmoil. Things of that nature, God, that go after you with all that's within us. Thank you for what you're doing in your people. Thank you for what you've done in the hearts and the minds of the wonderful people in the pews and the cascades, God. That reigniting of your fire, God. The confirmation of the dream that they have the prayers that they've prayed, 
And Father, the confirmation for that decisive action is true and real. And you're going to reward that, God. So we stand in your grace. We stand in your mercy. And Father, we just want to say thank you for what you're doing. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.